you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. special thank you to Tom and Mac for jumping in and helping today. I'm sure when you walked in the door you thought, oh no, we came on Youth Sunday. But uh, we're so glad that they're with us. And to uh, John and Luann, thank you so much for uh, being here. Uh, I've known them for about six years now. We worship together downtown and as a Kentuckian would say, they're goodens. So I'm glad that you were here this morning. Will you pray with me? Spirit of the living God, Fall afresh on us, melt us, mold us, fill us and use us. Spirit of a living God, fall afresh on us. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. I love a good surprise and a good surprise party. Notice I said good, no one likes bad surprises. This summer, or this uh, past Winter, let's see, what season are we coming out of? When we were talking about today, Chad said, I'm going to be gone on this Sunday, and so will Janelle, and possibly Jeremiah, and then at one point it was Jake. And I immediately had PTSD from last summer. So I'm uh, thankful that that surprise wasn't a reality, and that I had lots of great people here with me. But I love the excitement that comes with the anticipation of surprising someone. I start to get excited about how the receiver of this surprise might react, how they're going to feel shocked, and hopefully loved. But as much as I love surprises, I hate the weight of keeping the secret. It takes everything in me not to let the secret out each time that I see that person or I talk to them. Back in April, my mom was going to be celebrating her 50th birthday. She had repeatedly repeatedly told my brother and I about how much she would enjoy a birthday party. This was a big birthday, and all of her friends that she graduated, their kids had thrown them the party already. And I said, that's great. I'm so glad you got to go to all those parties. Now, usually I don't cave to peer pressure, but the thought of a surprise excited me. So in a moment of weakness and kindness, I told myself that I would do it. I knew my brother would be no help, So I decided to begin the planning process. I reached out to her high school friends, and they began inviting people, and I planned the venue and the date. I thought I was smart, and I planned it on a Thursday night so that she would really be surprised. She'd know for sure if I were coming all the way home for dinner on a Friday, but something was up. So I planned for Thursday night for a better chance at the surprise. I told her that I had to come into town that evening for an appointment, and that I wanted to go to my childhood favorite restaurant for dinner. That wasn't abnormal for us. This was something I suggested frequently when I was going home. Thankfully, even better, they provide parties free of charge. So you get the room and everybody buys their own dinner. It was perfect. So I thought it was the perfect cover-up. I kept the secret for well over a month. Every phone call, every interaction, I had been silent, and we all know how hard it is for me to be silent. 
My brother and I didn't even tell our sister because if I can't keep a secret, she's 10 times worse. And I was so proud that we had done it. That Thursday evening, I went early to help decorate and was watching her location thanks to my sister's phone's location. And while they were on their way, I walked out to my car thinking that I was being slick so when she arrived, she wouldn't know that I had been inside like I was just sitting there waiting. She pulls up and at the same time, my aunt pulls in the parking lot, both of them routinely late. They're both oblivious to the fact that they're parking side by side, and I'm sitting in my car just praying that one of them will stay in their car longer and not get out at the same time. But, of course, they got out at the same time. My kind aunt tried to lie about why she was there while holding a birthday card in her hand. (laughs) To me, this is kind of like the story of Pentecost. We as the church look at Pentecost as a birthday the birth of a church, a time when God gave a gift that empowered his people to breathe new life into the world around them. The party was planned, but in this story, it's Jesus who lets the secret out and tells his disciples what's coming. He tells them the surprise so that they will hold faith when he is gone. This was in our scripture reading last week. He tells them to fulfill his, this is to fulfill his words, that he will never leave them. Just wait, he tells them. Now, there are really multiple stories in the Bible of people receiving the Spirit, one of which is in our Gospel reading. Jesus is with his disciples after the resurrection. He sends them, saying, as the Father has sent me, now I send you. And then he breathes on them, saying, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Something I love about this passage is that Jesus commissions them, he sends them, and then gives them the power to do the work that he's called them to do. He's taught them throughout his ministry, but it's at this time that he sends them, then gives them the Holy Spirit. The second and the most connected to Pentecost Sunday is our reading from the book of Acts. This is a different type of experience. It's not quiet. It's not behind closed doors. Many believers are gathered to celebrate the feast of the Passover. At that time, it was a feast to celebrate the first harvest, All these believers are gathered together when suddenly a surprise party breaks loose. A sound came from heaven like a mighty wind. People receive and begin to experience the Holy Spirit, which is causing them to speak a common language. I'm sure this was not only a surprise to the believers gathered, but also the believers from all nations and all backgrounds gathered outside. They were shocked that they were hearing God's message in their own languages, And even though that they were different languages represented, two Pentecost stories, both different experiences. When I read these scriptures, my mind goes to a thousand different places because I believe there is so much for us held within these two stories. In the Acts Pentecost story, we should not glance over the fact that there were multiple people from multiple different places who all spoke different languages. When Luke is writing the book of Acts, he finds it important to note all the different areas and where all the people would come from. I worry every year that I'm going to get that reading with all those different names, so thank you for that, Matt. (laughs) It's easy to skim over this list, and I'm sure some of us begin to tune it out. Many of these regions, though, didn't get along. They had serious conflicts going on, and that's important for us to note. 
When I'm looking at a scripture before preaching, I typically look it up in different translations. You will probably be able to count on one hand how many times I will ever say this to you, so take note, because this is one of those times. For the beginning of the Acts reading, I prefer the King James Version. For it's in the King James Version that it not only says that they were together, not only were they in one place, but they were of one accord They had come together to strengthen each other, to lean on each other, to pray together, and to lift each other up. They were in one accord, one mindset, and it's then, it's then, church, when everyone was together that the gift of the Holy Spirit came. God brought a new thing. He breathed new life into a people who were together in body, but also mind. A new thing. A new thing that united them all even more and made them the very body of Christ, for it made the church. Those outside who are seeing the Holy Spirit at work begin to question if these people have simply had too much wine. Nobody can ever have a good time. They don't understand what's happening. They're, supposed, they're, surpri- they're surprised. So Peter begins to preach and to explain. He recalls a prophecy from the prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So it brings us some questions this morning. First, the question of what new thing is God calling us to? It's not a shock or a surprise to say that we're in a place where we need to make some decisions. What new thing does God have in store for us if we but trust him? If we work together as a church and and are called and led by the Holy Spirit, what are the dreams God is giving you individually and to us as a church? Our Old Testament reading from 1 Corinthians remind us that we each come together with different gifts and different talents. We're not all the same. And that's a good thing. But we're each drawn together by the Holy Spirit to work together. For we each make up the body of Christ. We are each equipped to be exactly what God needs us to be. We each have gifts and talents to use for the body of Christ. So, in what ways is God calling us? There's a contemporary Christian song that I love that describes it like this. I woke up this morning and I saw a world full of trouble. And I thought, how did we ever get so far down? And how is it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven and I said, God, why don't you do something? I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. That thought disgusted me. So I shook my fists at heaven and I said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did. I created you. Think of the questions we ask God, and then think if there are ways that we are answers to our own prayers. I'll be honest, and I'll tell you some of the questions that I've had this week as I've watched the news in a school has came to a close. Why are their children going hungry? Why are some in an environment where they won't have a meal, let alone a healthy meal, until they return back to school in the fall? Why are there children and also adults who have been abused? 
Why are there stories of mass shootings filling our screens not yearly, not monthly, not weekly, but sometimes daily? Why do I, as a teacher, have to look into the eyes of a child and answer their question of why we have to practice a lockdown drill? Friends, why is it that a 35-year-old sheriff's deputy from Georgetown can be shot by a man filled with hate while he is protecting the community and the people that he loves? Why is our world so, for lack of better words, messed up? When we ask these questions, what do we expect in response? These are hard questions, but they're also our reality. Do we expect God to say, I hear your prayer, and when you wake up tomorrow, it will all be fixed? Do we expect some spiritual force to wave a magic wand and heal all the hurts of the world? No. I truly don't believe that that's the way God and the Holy Spirit works. Do I believe God does miracles? Absolutely. Do I believe God is at work in the world? Absolutely. Do I pray for God's protection on others daily? Yes. But how do I believe he's at work in the world? I believe he's at work through us. I believe he uses us to be his hands and his feet. I believe he calls those who believe in him to new things, to new challenges, to new callings, so that we might work in the world, so that we might be his work in the world. He calls us to do everything with his power and through his authority to help answer the questions that we ask. Friends, God created us to be so much more. God created us then filled us with the Holy Spirit to be the very body of Christ in the world. He called us to be a people who work together. He called us to be in one accord so that he might release that same spirit again and again to work amazing things that the kingdom of heaven might be on earth just as it is in heaven. He calls people who will lay down their sword and shield to study war no more. He calls us to join together, not to separate. He calls us to join and not divide. He calls us to not leave each other in times when there are questions or divisions, but instead be united by a common gift, common spirit. He called us to dream dreams and see visions. He called us to work together to accomplish the new things that he is calling us to do. And he calls us to be new people, for we have been called to be the church. Often I think of where I am and who I am and how I got here, and I can only tell you I'm here because the Holy Spirit worked through other lives. They helped me see the face of Christ. I'm here because a community of Christians chose to invest and work in the lives of the people that they didn't have to. I'm here because two ladies named Diana Stonerock and Barbie Step took their time each week to prepare to lead a children's church. They nurtured us. They made sure we loved coming to church and that we learned about how much God loved us. I'm here because my grandparents showed me what it was like to live a life of ministry to God. I'm here because my family and friends always found it important to make sure that I made it to church even though my parents didn't attend. I'm here because our assistant pastor, Doris, left worship the first Sunday of each month to bring communion up to the children's church to remind them of how great God's love truly was. I'm here because a young pastor named Justin was appointed to our church and helped me discern a calling and invested in my life. 
I'm here because a pastor named Chad asked to have lunch with me when I first started attending downtown. He saw a calling, and he's always helped to nurture the gifts God has given me. I'm here on my walk of faith because of so many of you who encourage and invest in me and other people in this room each week. I'm sure if you stop and you think for even 15 seconds, you'll recall the people who have invested in your life because of the work of the Holy Spirit in their own. Those people who have loved or are loving us into being. Those who help us be that all God called us to be. Those who made sacrifices we might never even know all because God was using them. Those who let the Holy Spirit guide them to new things. Maybe it's a grandparent, a parent, a sibling, a teacher, a doctor, a friend. So go ahead. Think of those people who have loved you into being for just 15 seconds. I watched the clock. Friends, you are who you are because the Holy Spirit is at work in you and working through those around you. You are who you are because the Holy Spirit worked through others to nurture you. We are who we are as a church because the Holy Spirit is still calling us to new things. If only we are receptive to the new directions and we give bodies to his very present spirit who is ever calling us. Think of where we would be if others hadn't listened to the Holy Spirit moving in their lives. Where would we be if Todd Nelson and the first church community didn't listen to God calling them to start this new worship community called Andover? There'd be none of us here today. Look at this community that we have now and think of the people from this church you love who you might have never met if the church wasn't here. Think of the friends and the family you have made at Andover, none of which would be if others hadn't listened to God calling them and allowing the Holy Spirit to work. Those who sacrificed and made decisions even when others might have thought that it was just a waste of time. Think of where we would be if the Holy Spirit didn't work through doctors to cure diseases and sicknesses. God works all around us. God, through the Holy Spirit, works in the world today just as much as he ever has, and I have hope still only because he works through you and through me. Friend, I remind you, we've been given a great gift by being given the Holy Spirit. And how we allow God to work and how we let God move to use us is up to us. We can use to use our hands, our feet, our minds, and our voices to help change the world. So I ask you, what is God calling you to and what is God calling us as a church to? What new visions and dreams is he giving us? Andover already does so much from helping to provide after-school programs and tutoring programs, feeding children through the backpack ministry, helping to fund the United Methodist Children's Home, and so much more. But what else? What else is God calling us to? Who is God calling us to embrace? In what ways is God nudging at our hearts to act so that the world might know a greater peace? The choice is ours. Do we let God move? Do we let him work through us by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit? Do we choose to let him use all of our gifts that he gave us?
or do we sit quietly? Will we be united in body and one spirit, or will we be divided? When I was in high school, I sang in a group comprised of students from all over the state, and often lyrics from a song will come back to me when I'm thinking of something. And as I prepare for today, I thought of a song we sang titled One Song. It was a contemporary Christian song at one point, and that was so long ago. Is it called a classic now? And today I would like to end with some lyrics from that piece. It asks us to imagine what our world would look like if everyone joined together, if we all worked together to show the world God's love and God's peace. It says, if we all sing one song, one song of love, one song of peace, one song to make all our troubles cease, one hymn, one theme, one hope and one dream. Imagine what tomorrow would bring if we all sang one song. Imagine what tomorrow would bring if we all sing one world, one voice, together, one song. Will you pray with me? God, this morning we recognize that this one spirit you've given is given to each of us. Though we each have different talents and though we can each help make disciples for you in different ways, your spirit inside us is the same. It calls us if we but only listen and obey. God, this morning we pray that you would help us discern all the ways that you're calling us and to all the new things that you're about to do. Give us hearts to be courageous enough to follow you this day and always. It is with one voice united by one spirit that we can all say, amen.